Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the project manager as a marketing machine with the help of special guest Doug Pinazzo of Hogan Design and Construction in Geneva, Illinois. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Fowler, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Keep those ideas for this podcast coming. Today's topic was certainly sent in by an individual. I'll share more about that in a second. But keep those ideas coming. We love to get them and we love to fulfill them. So any ideas, send them to Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So in my work with many, many companies across the country, one of their biggest challenges is the sort of a division between the office and the field. It shows up in a lot of different ways. Uh, There's a lot of finger pointing in many cases, uh, blame being ascribed, and it almost always centers around the job budget, information flow, and all those kinds of things. But when a company gets away from this, when they get away from the finger pointing and accusations and blaming each other, they tend to really flourish. In other words, when companies have sort of crossed the lines of I only do this and I only do that, then they start helping each other succeed. And that's a really important uh, aspect of company success. So one of the many points that I try to get across to companies in this regard is the incredible impact that the field staff, and it doesn't really matter whether it's a lead carpenter or a project manager, has on the success of the company in terms of new projects. And almost always this comes in as a context of referrals. In other words, if a lead carpenter does a great job for a client, the client will more than likely be very, very willing to uh, refer the company to them or in some cases, it's just the fact that some of what I call passive marketing, where a project manager or lead carpenter is in the coffee shop getting a coffee and just strikes up a conversation with somebody, and that leads to a sale. So staying on that thread, I don't think that the field staff, whether it's project manager or lead carpenter, really understands that. So it's really exciting to get some feedback. And again, we're talking about project manager as a marketing machine. So obviously, at least one project manager uh, gets the point. But I think it's, it's difficult for them to really understand how big a deal it is. But you wouldn't believe how many times I've heard clients of mine, as well as construction clients, say things like, we really want you to do our project but I really want, and they'll name a lead carpenter or a project manager. So there's incredible impact. So Brad Hogan, who we've had on the show a couple of different times, uh, called me up one day or emailed me and suggested that we get Doug on. And his exact phrase was, Doug is a marketing machine. So we had to have that uh, in the title. 
And so I was very intrigued by it, as as many of you have heard me do before. I said, wow, we got to get that uh, on the show. So, Steve, when you were back out, when you were out there in the field, did you ever get a job because of something an employee did, something specific that an employee did? You know, for a, a couple of different reasons I did, I had one um one of my main employees had a business beforehand, so he had a, a very large network of referrals. But, um, you know, we had a helper that would just, you know, he was a very talkative kid, great guy. And, <laughs> and you know, he would always be saying, hey, I met somebody here, I met somebody here. And it, it was fantastic. So I was so excited to see this come through as one of the topics because it, it can make in just a gigantic impact on your business. It's very hard for many project managers, again, or lead carpenters to really think that that's their responsibility. It's kind of interesting to uh, to talk to them and they really think only about the job that I've got going now versus I'm part of the success of this company. So let's get down to it. Yeah, let's do it. So Doug Bonazzo is a project manager for Hogan Design and Construction in Geneva, Illinois. He has been with Hogan since October of 2017. He came from outside the industry from a tech company and moved into project manager role with Hogan almost a year and a half ago. Since then, he has grown familiar with the industry, became efficient with Hogan's systems, and hasn't gone over budget on a single one of his projects and has brought in over $100,000 in sales in the last year. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Doug, before we get into the topic, now, again, I, I kind of warned you that I might get a little off off topic here, but tell us about the transition from the tech world to the construction world, because we've, we've talked about this with some other folks, but this is probably something that people would really be interested in as well. Just give us a little rundown on that before we get into the main topic. Yeah, um, so when I moved over to Hogan and coming with that decision in, in, uh, in mind, uh, I was mostly thinking about the project management aspect of it. I was running projects before for the tech company and project management in itself is uh, pretty much the same across the board. I mean, you use different systems, you're, you're in a different industry, but um, how to run a project successfully is the same no matter where you're doing it. So, so I, I brought some of my ideas and thoughts, and I started implementing those after training and learning uh, Hogan's uh, school of thought and their systems. Um, but it wasn't that difficult of a transition, really. It was really just getting to learn the, the construction, construction aspect of it and getting to um, learn the vocabulary, I feel like, was the most difficult part because there's three names for every single thing. <laughs> so once I tie that down, it... it it wasn't too hard of a transition, really, once you, you understand how to budget things the correct way and how to keep to a schedule. The rest of it kind of all falls in line. Yeah, that's great to hear because I have been pushing with companies that have been the drumbeat is I just can't find anybody. I just can't find anybody. And it's such great. Uh, I don't know what you call it, publicity or whatever, just to get out there that people who can, can come from a different industry and really be successful. So thank you very much for sharing that. So, yeah. so let's get to the main topic. So my, my first question just has to be, so why did Brad say this about you? What, what was he thinking about when he wrote me that email and said, 
Doug is a marketing machine. What, what, what prompted that comment? <laughs> Good question. Well, uh, I guess, I mean, I, he's never called me that to my face, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I guess I'm constantly looking for ways for, to us, uh, for us to improve like our marketing tactics. I, I see it as job security. The more business that we have, the, the better that is for, for me, for the whole team, for the company. Um, but also like looking for different options for sales, you know, whether it's past customers or people that I'm getting coffee next to, there's always an opportunity. So I've just, I've, constantly been trying to bring in new leads and to spark conversations um, with our customers, neighbors, and just really putting out feelers and then right away bringing it over to Brad um, and letting him know like, hey, here's a great opportunity. I think we should set up a meeting with these uh, these people. And then the same is following up with like you, when you have great customers, following up with them. And, you know, a lot of customers talk about how they have another project coming up down the line. And when, when you have that opportunity um, and you know that the project was successful before and they were good to work with before, it just kind of um, makes you excited to kind of touch base with them every couple months, ask them how the previous project's holding up, how everything's been, and then, and then say, I know you were thinking about doing this. Have you had any thoughts or any questions or any way that I could guide you um, in regards to your next project? Yeah, so... In the intro, we talked a little bit about uh, $100,000 worth of work. Did that come all in one job or was that two or three projects or is it, how, how did that come? What, what, what makes up that $100,000? Yeah, so it was, uh, it's three different projects that it was one larger one and two smaller ones. Um, there, the two of them came from previous customers that, that I had been following up with. And then one of them came from a lead that, that I connected with someone ba um, based off of a good relationship I had with the vendor. And I was having them shoot us uh, different leads. So, um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been good. But I think that the main thing is the follow-up and, and making sure that I'm passing along the information. So how did, what does that look like? Do you and, do you and Brad have a, a meeting every week where you, that's part of the agenda? Or do you just make it a point in your mind to download, you know, make a note in your jet, your book or whatever to download information. How does that happen? Is it a, is, well, it, we, we meet weekly and we discuss a lot of things with my projects and I'll bring those up uh, usually right away. Cause I'm very excited always about the new <laughs> opportunity. Um, so, so we meet regularly, but whenever that, that happens, I jump on the gun right away and get a hold of Brad and say, Brad, we have a great opportunity here, or this is a 50-50 shot at this one. And I, I mean, the excitement's there because there's, there's a new opportunity for us. And so I think that is, I don't let a second go by. As soon as I, I run into this occurrence then I right away shoot him an email with all the information in it and, um, and then try to connect the customer and get something scheduled right on the books while the excitement's there with the customer. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's slow it down just a little bit. Tell us exactly what you do. So when you when you say you're following up with new or old clients, I'm thinking an awful lot of project managers are just done with that client. You know, it's like, okay, we're out of there. I hope I never hear from them again, even <laughs> though it was a and even though it was a good job, things went okay, but I'm but I'm tired of that. So so you mentioned that, you mentioned the vendor. I'm just really, I'd like to know some details about what you do 
uh, for each of those things and then maybe some others that you might have experienced as well. So what does that look like in your world? Yeah, so, um, well, I think there's two different aspects to it. One is the marketing side and, like, branding, and then the other side would be, like, sales lead um, generation. So so the following up with past customers, one, it's great, obviously, customer service, and, and it's really not it, – the conversation has to be based off of the previous project and making sure that I'm responding to any needs that they have. Um, and then I kind of casually bring up the next project that they have in mind. Um, and, you know, like you said, it, it's not for every single customer. It's those ones that were great to work with, that you know that they have things in mind. Uh, you could do it for every customer, but for the ones that uh, that were maybe you had more of a frustrating project, you don't really want to keep touching base on those kind of things. So, so, yeah, so a lot of my really good customers I built good relationships with, it's just as simple as shooting a text message or an email to them and just saying, just want to follow up, see how it's going, um, see how how it's all how it's all panned out. How your family's enjoying their new basement or new kitchen, um, and they always get excited to share because at this time they're already past how much dust was created by the drywall and everything <laughs> else. So they're they're past it and they're really enjoying the space now. So then they get excited to talk and, and to share it, and we built those good relationships. And then from there, I just kind of bring up like, oh yeah, I know you were talking about doing that master bathroom. Like, have you had any more thoughts or do you have any questions or you want me to guide you to a specific uh, place to start looking for fixtures and stuff like that? Um, so I, so, I also so, so Doug, let me just, yeah. so, so this is a deliberate action and it can be an email. Now I'm, I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself when I visit with my clients I'll write down specific things that I like the business owner's wife's name or yeah. the kids' names so that when I email them later on, I can say, oh, by the way, how's Alice doing or, or something like, do, do you do something like that as oh, well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I make notes and then I'll, I'll set reminders for myself to, and because you don't want to do it too soon after the project, but you also don't want to just let it go stale for six months. So usually about three months later, um, I've already done a follow-up two weeks afterwards just to see how things are going. But about three months later, I'll set a reminder. And, um, you know, on, being on site all the time, you're already building those relationships. So I remember my customers' kids and dogs' names, and I'm bringing up things already. So just yeah. solidifying that relationship, that it wasn't just for that one project, that we want them to be lifelong customers. Right, right. So what are some other ways that you're, you're doing this marketing then? Yeah. So, so like on the, on the branding and the marketing side of it, uh, I'm, I try to never be shy with customers about asking them to put posts on social media and tag us on it. And then if they really liked any of like any subs that we're in or any specific one of our employees, I ask them to tag them in it. Um, also posting positive reviews on like Google and Yelp and, and house. Um, so, and, and they don't mind once, like, you know, the customers you can ask and the ones that you can't, but they don't mind doing it. They're just, they're appreciative that you have a great project, uh, product right. that you just gave them. Um, yeah. Also being just very friendly and bubbly with everybody that I meet when I'm representing Hogan. So if I'm driving a Hogan truck and I'm wearing a Hogan shirt, I've got to put on that face and just make sure that I am representing the company well. 
So I try to think of it as like the customer's neighbors is a huge one, trying to give them that like Jones effect, like keeping up with the Joneses. They are, the neighbors are working with this company and they're happy with us. So I always, I see them doing something. I am, uh, I'm right away. If I see them bringing something in, maybe I'll go try to help them with it. I, I absolutely always give them a card and say, you know, if you see any, if anyone parks in front of your mailbox or if you have any issues right away, come to me. So I've already initiated that with all the surrounding neighbors but um, but I try to like take that note to make sure I'm saying hi to people when they're walking their dogs and and um, and then also building relationships with like uh, a good good example is a customer of mine they had a, a, a their cleaning ladies in and they were they, I was just building really good relationships and a few of the leads that came in uh, were from those cleaning ladies because they were cleaning other houses in the area and their customer would bring up some sort of issue or they'd see an issue while cleaning and then they would they'd give me a quick text and say, Hey, I have a customer. Can you do me a favor and swing by and take a look at this? And here I am going to do like a impromptu estimate, taking pictures and tell them how great our company is. And uh, that always worked out really well. Um, but along the lines of the neighbors, we do pardon our dust letters. So right. we, we go to the neighbors next door and drop off pardon our dust letters. While I'm doing that, I, uh, I start with, you know, if you have any issues, please let me know. I'll be here and I'm running the project. So I'd be your best contact. Um, but I also then say, and if you need anything done around the house, we do anything you could think of. So please feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to come take a look. Uh, I think we started with doing it with a few, like three neighbors next door. But now I like literally walk the entire block and do it for everyone because it's branding. We, my cards are going out to everyone. But it's also like they're, the more people, they're going to see the trucks driving in and out of the neighborhood. Right, so, right. So I try to get them to everyone. And making sure that I have signage up everywhere, like a yard sign in the front yard. If uh, if I could get a, a big sign on the dumpster, going to go that route. If I could get a sign anywhere, I'm putting it there because the branding definitely helps. Like a big banner out of the second floor windows that uh, that has a, a big Hogan sign on it. I've done it on scaffolding, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So, okay. So now I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this. Uh, I'm driving home from some job site. I'm listening to this podcast, but I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And I got to go like, I am not bubbly. I am not happy. I am a grumpy old carpenter. What would you say? What would you say to somebody who gets kind of gets that thought going in in their head? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, make sure that they start their day off with a big cup of coffee. And, (laughs) um, and then one, I mean, you, there's bound to be someone on site, whether it's your laborer or your carpenter or whoever it is that it that does is more of an extrovert. Feel free to utilize them because they're there. Why not pull them off, do a couple partner dust letters, and then bring them right back on to follow up with what they're doing. But the other part of it is, um, it it is like you just kind of think big picture. The big picture part of it is you're you're bringing in more business to your company. And it looks really good for you, but it also is just, it's good job security and it it leads to more success by going that route. So sometimes you have to bite the bullet and step out of your comfort zone, but there is uh, a good win behind it for you and for the company. Yeah, I I think that's a great, great response. And I think too, sometimes we just kind of have to get over ourselves a little bit in the sense that, you know, our natural personality might be to to retract, but there is a great benefit to being a little more overt and, and 
what I would also say is, is even a quiet person can have a great impact on somebody else with just a casual conversation. They don't have to be all bubbly and yeah, happy absolutely. all the time. So. Yeah, some of the people who are the most quiet, I feel like have the most knowledge about construction. And sometimes that just really impresses people who they talk to. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a big bubbly conversation. It could be something nice and simple and, and just talk about what they're doing next door. And Doug, when you're hired or you know, if Hogan, someone at Hogan is, is hiring on someone new, is this something that they'll ask or promote as seeing this as a skill? You know, maybe not being an introvert but um, or, or an extrovert, uh, but just something that they can add. You know, when you're on a job site, have you ever done this? Or is this something that you promote in that process? Yeah, well, I think uh, that question is kind of twofold. One is, yeah, when you're hiring someone, I would almost have look for – how they can sell themselves because they're selling themselves to the customer throughout the entire project. They're selling the company. So having some sort of sales, uh, even if it's not experience, but just you could get that vibe from them when they're likable and, and not just construction knowledge, because that's not, that doesn't mean that that's going to run a good project. So, so having, having that, like, um, that just excitement about them mm-hmm. because they bring that excitement to other people and they get excited and feed from that. So if I can just follow up during your training, did the company say, okay, part of your job is to go out there and bring in more work or is this just because of your life experience, you said, I just want to make sure that we have this work coming in. Well, that's exactly where I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's a great sure. question. Um, sure. So so I think it's kind of important, especially like in a project manager or lead carpenter role, to, to mention the fact that they're going to be stepping out of their role to fill in other places quite often. I feel like um, the job description, if you were to write down every single thing that we do, it would be an entire novel. So, <laughs> So you, you kind of need to and just say that there's going to be a lot of times that you'd be taking on responsibilities that don't, that don't necessarily seem to be your own. So it's good to bring that up and just say, how comfortable would you be going and um, presenting to a stranger about your company or about your project that you're working on? Because that would transition into everything else you need them to do as far as going out there and, and making those connections. So did you guys do any kind of role playing that would help you or the other project managers get a little more comfortable with this kind of thing? Well, I'd say when it was never part of really like to answer your question before, it was never really part of like the interview process. It wasn't really brought up, but I think I brought it up a little bit and they seemed to get excited with it. Um, And the there wasn't any training or anything that went to it because it was kind of a newer concept when I just started doing it right away and started like rolling with it. But as soon as uh, the opportunity kind of presented itself and I was starting to bring in a few leads, uh, Brad took the opportunity immediately to make sure one that I had all the tools I needed to have enough business cards on hand. I mean, I've gone through so (laughs) many business cards. It's outrageous. Uh, But (laughs) But it's worth it. Um, and, yeah. then, and then making sure like any marketing materials that I need or anything like that, just having it on hand so that way I could give it to people uh, when I meet them. And then we did run through. There was there was some some talk about talk track and just like what things to bring up, what to avoid. And, and it was good to learn from like the sales side. So it's kind of good to have both of those meet like your your production and your sales kind of meet and get a little cross training 
in there. Yeah, I would think that would be really cool. So let me go back up to your your IT. Was there training in your previous job on doing this kind of thing? Or or you again, I'm just kind of baffled that somebody just started doing it. So I guess I'm trying to dig in and see, was there something in the background that kind of made you say like, like in your IT job, you're always looking for these opportunities as well? Uh, no, you know, it didn't really okay. come too much from there in the past. I didn't really have the same opportunities in my previous company. Okay. But I would say that I think it came a lot from um, just being motivated to prove myself because coming into the industry from outside of it, yeah, uh, I was. I think there was a little bit of pressure that I was putting on myself, so I wanted to do the above and beyond in any extras just to kind of prove that I was of value. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So, have you ever just walked up to a client and just asked for like leads for their friends? Is that part of what you do too? You'll say, "Do you know any friends?" And you know, can I give them a call or something like that? Yeah, that's where most of my business cards actually go. So I, uh, I I leave them with five to 10 business cards. And this is, but I wait for the right timing. I catch them at the high. So when we're walking through the project and we've nailed down most of that punch list and, and they're just seeing the beauty of it and already thinking about how they want to move back everything into the space, at that, that's like the perfect timing to catch them and say, you know, you know, a lot of our leads come from repeats and referrals. So we would really appreciate if you could tell your friends and family. And if you have anybody in mind, I'd be happy to reach out to them. And then that's when I just bring it up. Keep it that's, casual. And light. Yeah, that's so fantastic. I, I just I just love that. So getting back to sort of the business side of it, do you do you have any ideas for the business owners and or production managers that listen to this podcast about what they could do to encourage their team to be a little more proactive in the, in the marketing for them. Absolutely. So the, um, well, one of the biggest things, like you got to find out what your employees uh, are motivated by, you know, some of them. and, and, And that starts with like big picture conversations, telling them like, you know, kind of the pipeline of sales that are coming in and jobs and production. So that way they see the bigger picture of it and can, take more pride and initiative to contribute to it. Um, But the other part is like creating competition is always huge. And like saying like just, and it could be really small incentives, but having incentives that meet the motivators of your employees is huge. And it could be something so simple, like for every good lead you bring in, you get a $10 Starbucks gift card. You know, it's more than what they had as opportunity before. And, um, and that's and that's huge. But the other part of it is, I mean, most companies do have some sort of referral program, some sort of referral bonus for mm-hmm. yeah. and whatnot. So setting that up for for the um, for the employees, I think, is is a huge part. And usually the companies already have something like that going. But to really just like focus on it, like this is extra money that's out there for other people to to get. And I feel like uh, we didn't really have much conversation about that when I first started, but there's definitely that's kind of set up now, which is great. And it does add to the motivation. Um, But I think getting it, it starts with getting a little taste of it. So it has to be for leads just to start. There has to be some sort of incentive just for bringing in lead. Right. They get a taste of like, oh, there's there's something extra for doing extra. And then, and then that obviously should grow if it turns into an estimate, which then should grow if it turns into a sale. 
So are you at liberty to share what you do at Hogan and far as far as incentives at this? Uh, I mean, that's a great question for Brad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, yeah, no, we, so there, we do the same exact is our referral program. Um, I think it's like 1% of the job. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a, for a customer who refers another customer. Well, that goes, it's the exact same for employee. If we're referring someone, it's the exact same. And then with leads, it is, it is a Starbucks gift card. And my yeah. wife loves Starbucks, so I bring home a gift card and it's brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, oh, that's so cool because I've always, always tried to get business owners to think of any incentives, like engage the spouse or the partner or the family in some way, because yeah. that that does make a difference if I can if I can make everybody happy in the process. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess as we wrap, this has been so cool. I've, I've just written down so many little notes for myself. And so maybe just a little bit of wisdom on uh, as we wrap it up, what would you just kind of tell people in terms of uh, maybe helping them to get this going? So I'd say it starts with big picture, share the big picture with the team, find out what their motivators are, um, and then promote the school of thought by like creating good incentives for each step of a sales process or of lead generation. And, and then to constantly be following up with those good customers, like don't let that slip by because that's a huge opportunity. So just constantly follow up with them because one, it's great customer service, but two, it could turn into another project. Yeah. I think that was one of the big things that came out to me was that, follow-up that's then asking for leads and things like that because i do think sometimes we just drop the the client and that silence is probably hurting us yeah definitely well this has been so good doug i really really appreciate you coming on taking a little time for this yeah well thank you very much i appreciate you guys time and i'm a big fan of the show so thanks for having me well thank you all right doug thanks so much take care you too Well, Tim, the project manager can be a marketing machine. That was a fantastic show. This, this episode's flying right up to the top of my list. (laughs) I'm I'm so excited about it. There are just so many great things. Uh, The follow up with clients and putting it into the schedule of the project manager to call text, email back later on. Absolutely amazing. You know, it's uh, the whole time I was sitting here taking notes and um, I think sometimes it's, it's hard to coach initiative in certain ways. You know, it's, you know, they they'll have initiative to do a great job in what they do, but you know, he, at the very end, he said, share the big picture and the motivators, but you know, what are we all looking to do? And as a company, and then from there, you know, the initiative kind of fills in and he was just a perfect example of how that can impact a company. Yeah. I think, uh, just understanding different people's personalities is really important here his personality appears to be relatively bubbly and kind of out out there in terms of initiative. But I think other people can do the same things with a little bit of coaching, but just a different presence. It's a different personality, but they can do the same things. I know for me, when I was in business for myself, it was do or die. You know, if I didn't go out and meet people and, you know, kind of press for things, then, uh, I was going to die. Yeah. The other thing is 
take the time to ask. So even in my work now, if I visit a company and I and everybody seems happy, I will deliberately ask for a testimonial. Yeah. Because they may not think about doing that. So asking for those social media posts and so forth like that is huge. That's great. Well, once again, we want to thank Doug Panazzo for joining us today. And we want to always thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.